0: Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Welcome back to PR360. Today's guest is Michael Gallagher. Throughout his career, he's worked in advertising and PR, sales, the events industry, and the dot-com world before founding the Stevie Awards in 2002. The Stevies were created to honor the millions of business executives and workers worldwide who quietly accomplish innovative and extraordinary things in the workplace every day. Michael's commitment to honoring excellence was sparked during his tenure as vice president of the New York Festivals, where he was the organizer of some of the world's largest international award competitions for film, television, advertising, and other media. Michael holds a Bachelor's of Arts from Fordham University in New York City, and a Master of Business Administration from George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, Michael, is there anything I missed?
1: Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good summary of my biography. Thank you. I, I couldn't have summarized it better.
0: Okay, good, good. Um, So, you know, as the creator and founder of the Stevie Awards, I guess you get the opportunity to honor a lot of people that might not have gotten the accolades that they, you know, wouldn't have without the award show. Uh, Who are some of the unsung heroes of the business world you've drawn attention to through the awards?
1: Well... I'll go back to when I started the Stevie Awards. You may recall, uh, in the early part of the 21st century, there were some major business scandals in the business world, and you know the, the the news of those improprieties sort of tarred the whole business community with the same brush. Which, you know, being a student of business, I thought was rather unfair. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just knew from my experience because I started the Stevie Awards when I was in my 40s, so I've been around for a while. Uh, you know, every day there, are, you know, millions of people who go to work uh, and, and quietly and, and with dignity do wonderful things and get no recognition for it. Um, yet the world really only hears about uh, you know people who do massively dishonorable things or people who, mm-hmm. you know who take credit for doing you know lots of wonderful things. You know, in our world today, it's you know the Jeff Bezoses and the and the Elon Musks and that like. But you know there. Are, what about everybody else? You know, what about the, the salespeople and the chemists and the engineers and the financiers who do wonderful things? And why shouldn't they have their Oscar moment? So, you know, I, that's that's why I started the Stevie Awards and um, it was successful right away. You know, and one, of, one of the categories that we still have that I was most proud of for adding was Support Staffer of the Year. And that was a category mm. for nominating secretaries and receptionists, and administrative assistants, and you know, uh, pe- you know, people without title, for the most part, in organizations who most organizations can't, you know, live without. You know, you, you, it was, you know I, I like that category. Um, you know, we got some press for that category when we first instituted it. Um, but every year, there are these amazing stories that, you know, if we hadn't uncovered them, most people wouldn't know about. Uh, so, I'm proud of that.
0: You know, I think you're right. Lots of times when I think back in organizations I've worked for... Uh sometimes the person that sticks out most is the office manager. You know, it uh, was the person who's just kind of there and keeps everything running so well that there's a lot of things you don't have to think about. You know, uh or just has a great that great attitude that makes you feel great about coming to the office every day and that kind of thing can t- really uplift an organization. I guess, you know, winning an award and all the accolades that come with that can give a big boost to an organization. How do the Stevie's help companies, especially smaller ones?
1: Well, we, we mostly get nominations from mid-sized organizations and predominantly in tech-related fields that are still building their brands and and winning a prestigious international award like a Stevie Award, which is the trophy that we confer, um, can help an organization uh, build or burnish their brand. Now, awards are you know like a hammer; it's like a tool, right? And you yeah. can put it on a shelf and it can gather dust, or you can use that tool to build something meaningful. So. We encourage all of our winners to use the award to, you know, to merchandise their award, to generate, you know, positive uh, feelings about their organization. We give them tools to do that. We give them press release templates and winner logos and, and images they can use on social media to promote that. Um, but a lot, we get a lot of entries from larger organizations that have already built their global brands and they enter for different reasons. Nominations we get from very well-known organizations tend to be from team leaders or department heads who want to get recognition for the work that their, their team has done. You know For example, one of our programs is called the Stevie Awards for Sales and Customer Service and it has a lot of fine grand categories to recognize achievement in sales and customer service. and in that program we get a lot of entries from very well-known organizations um, that basically want to recognize their customer service team. You know what organization doesn't want to be known for having great customer service? You know Deutsche Post DHL, for example, which does business all over the world. We get nominations from their customer service teams in in more than 50 countries in that program because wow. it's very important for DHL to differentiate themselves from their competitors in, in the many markets in which they operate um, by the level of their customer service. Mm. Uh, talking
0: about the you know, recognition that the Stevie Awards gives to somebody, you know, say somebody that's that mid-manager um, that then gets to get recognized outside of their organization, um, do they ever... Be- they, it seems to me they also be- benefit people internally. Like, uh, oh, by the way, this mid, you know, mid-manager that didn't get the accolades they're due, now wins an award and now there's something internally that it boosts them within the company. Right,
1: right. The, the the benefits of participating in and winning in a program like one of the Stevie Awards programs uh, are not just you know outward facing; they're also inward facing. They're, they're, it can be a great employee relations tool because by nominating someone, whether it's a manager or somebody you know below, a, you know, an executive level, you know, so, you know, in the U.S. that would be a vice president level outside, it might be man, outside, you know, below managing director. Is basically you're saying to them you've done such a good job we think it's worthy of national and international recognition and that's that's a you know that's a nice benefit to bestow on someone fairly inexpensively.
0: obviously the business world is very vast right how is it that you're able obviously you guys have a lot of categories how are you are able well, I
1: mean, yeah. you know when we, when, we, when we talk about our awards we, 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 we try to remind ourselves not to talk about business we talk about work. Because uh-huh. we also get a lot of nominations from nonprofits and government related organizations around the world, and those people have the people who work in those organizations have jobs and they want recognition just like you know people who work for fortune five hundred companies so we we don't necessarily recognize business, although most of the entries we get are from public or private companies we recognize achievement and work okay
0: that makes sense um us see so we were talking before we went on, and you said that there's a certain way, a certain technique or way that when people can nominate themselves and their companies, that is kind of the correct way of doing it and all bad nominations kind of look the same way. Can you unpack for somebody listening who might want to, you know, nominate someone from reward, what's the right way to do it and what's uh, the way you're discouraging people from doing it?
1: Well, someone once quipped... um that eighty percent of success in life is just showing up, and yeah. you know you, you you can interpret that to say you know just you know if someone gives you instructions just follow the instructions and you'll be eighty percent of the way there, right? So um, we provide instructions on how to prepare nominations, and in our world, uh, each each successive edition of awards program has an eligibility window, which can vary from a year to eighteen months to two years, depending on, on the competition in the year. And um, we basically tell the nominees, you know, focus on your achievements during that window. Uh, and you'd be surprised how many nominees don't do that. They basically yep. give us a puff piece about how wonderful their company is and when it was founded and just how glorious it is. And don't follow the instructions at all. But, you know, all bad nominations don't follow instructions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, w- I would say, you know, whether you enter the Stevie Awards or some other competition, the organizers provide instructions, follow them to a T. That'll get you a lot of the way there. Um, you know, if you're entering a Stevie Awards program, make sure that you're. You, know, you can talk a little bit about the history of the organization, when it was founded, and sort of historic achievements. But the great bulk of a nomination should be focused on, you know, the individual's achievements, the team's achievements, or the entire organization's achievements during a specific window. That's that's key. Okay.
0: So when when you're s- s- nominating somebody, you want to keep it within like the previous year. Um,
1: yes. Yes. I mean, you know, it's analogous to the Oscars, right? So if, you know, if a studio wants to nominate Halle Berry for, uh, you know, for Best Actress, you know, the nomination is not going to talk about a movie she made five years ago. It's going to mm. talk about the movie she's, you know, she's that, that, that's been out in the theaters already the, the past year. So, you know, it's analogous to that. To that. You, you, you know, you've got to focus on what's most recent.
0: And also, if somebody is nominating somebody for excellence and excellence in the workplace, then... um Maybe filling out the form correctly would uh, show a little bit of excellence just in the application process, right?
1: Yes, the, the, you know the judges notice when when entrants don't follow instructions because what the what the judges see in our in our awards programs are they see the questions that were posed to the entrant and followed by the answers and if if the question is, is posed and the answer doesn't relate to the question they notice that and they they comment on it. We you know, we we. We require our judges to provide not only a numerical score on each entry, but provide a cogent comment about why they gave the score that they gave. You know, If they liked it, why they liked it. If they didn't like the nomination, why they didn't like it. And generally, yeah. the, the negative comments are about either you, you, you didn't talk about the achievements in, in the past year or past two years. You talked in, in generalities, or you didn't answer the specific question.
0: Okay. Now... Do the applicants get that feedback? Uh, yes, they re- do. Okay, so they know next year. Yeah, okay. they, they
1: see that. They see that feedback. Yes. Okay, great. They don't see the scores and they don't see the judges' names, but they get the written feedback. Yes. No, that
0: that's helpful, and you know. And the funny thing is, talking about specifics as somebody who has worked in media, communications, PR uh, throughout your life, obviously you know the importance of specifics just in general when it comes to communicating. Um, and that's always a, a highlight of this show when people come on the show, just like you, like giving the specifics about how to apply for something, or there's something people can take away that there's value in it.
1: Uh, well, you know, one, one, one of the uh, chief skills of the best communicators is that you can translate the esoterica of an industry or a company into generalities, right? So mm. every every industry, every company has... particular technologies or terminology or history that the average person presented with that could not make sense of, right? So, you know, so if you're a communicator for a particular company in a petrochemical industry with, you know, with lots of science and terminology, the general person, but if you can take that and if you can can formulate or express the content of that in a way that the average person with no exposure to that industry or company could understand that, you know, that there's a genius to that and and the best entries... Do that as well.
0: Yeah, It's a, uh, I, much of my career I work as a copywriter and I can't tell you how many client meetings I've had where I'm sitting with the client and they're talking about uh, their hot tub and the type of, you know, jets that they have that are made with this type of carbide, you know, and they, they, and they want to put that in the ad and you're like, no, no. Like, the general public doesn't care nor understand, you know, but because people are so close to the product, they don't realize when they broadcast that out that nobody gets it. Um, So, let's see here. So, you know, you've been producing award shows since the 80s, and how have they changed over the years? Like, how has the public's interest evolved about awards?
1: well as you as you stated in my biography you know I was exposed to how to do awards programs in the 1980s i worked from 1982 when I was 24 to 1988 uh, for the new York festivals and we did advertising awards programs and i, I remember uh, in 1980 1985 begging the owner of this, of the new York festivals to buy a fax machine why do we need a fax machine? So people can communicate with us otherwise by you know than telephone because there was no email back then. Um, you know entries were basically submitted by mail. Um, you know when we did advertising awards programs, people would send us videotapes and paper entry forms, and we literally rented a warehouse to collect all these entries and open them and process them. And you know everything's done online now. Um, nominations and Stevie Awards programs are submitted online. Payment is made online. Um, you know, if the nomination is written, the entrant can, can attach to that PDFs or video clips, what have you, URLs, to support the contentions in the nomination. Uh, mo- most of the changes are uh, technical in that way, um, mm-hmm. but also um, you know, the, the focus of the, uh, of the competitions and the nominees and the nominations tend to be much more tech-focused than they were, say, in you know, the 1980s. Well, there's a much more focus on uh, consumer packaged goods. Okay.
0: And I was just thinking, I know lots of times when I'm putting together my resume, if I'm applying for positions, nowadays people do ask, have you won any awards? Uh, I'm I'm not so sure that years ago that was the case. I think that feels to me like more of a a recent thing, or am, am I off there?
1: Well, yeah... I'm not one to toot my own horn, but I will toot my own horn here. Um, you know, when, when we when I did awards in the 1980s, most awards were re, were related to communications media, to television, advertising, radio. And when I started the Stevie Awards in 2002, there really weren't any business awards programs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, there were things like Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year and, and uh, Deloitte's Fast 500, which were competitions of a sort, but there were really ways for those... You know, accounting firms to meet potential clients and, and vet potential clients. Um, when I started the Stevie Awards, everyone I knew um, who I consulted about it told me it was a terrible idea. Huh. Um, and being, yeah, you know, again, this was 2002, and you know, business was held in, in low esteem because of the, the scandals at that time. Uh, and being a contrarian, I, I was just, you know, if everyone thinks this is a bad idea, there must be something to it. So, huh. um, you know, I, you know, I realized that there was no reason why, the, you know, the average person. You know, as a as an engineer or a salesperson or what have you, doesn't want the same acclaim and, and moment in the spotlight that a you know a film actress or, or actor wants. Um, you know, so that was my eureka moment, and you know, it, it, it it proved out. But um, uh, you know, we see less focus these days on uh, on advertising awards and media awards. I mean, they're still there, but you know, the Stevie Awards have, have spawned some copycats over the years, and mm. they're. There are awards programs that every time we introduce a new category, they copy us. So, you know, it's just, you know, these are things the king has to deal with.
0: (laughs) I love that. Um, So, uh, one of the important things uh, that I guess should be honored is like thought leadership. And So, what are your thoughts on what makes a great thought leader?
1: Um, I'm not the one to to comment on that. Um, You know, I'm not... if I'm an expert in anything or, you know, a semi expert based on my experience, you know, it's in marketing communications. It's not, uh, you know, we, we started thought leadership categories in our Stevie Awards UH programs last year at the behest of a thought leadership consultancy. They sponsored them the first year and they, they helped us create the categories. You know, I, I'm not an expert in customer service or human resources or, you know, general organizational management because I've only really worked with small companies except for a small stick with a large one, which I did not like. <laughs> a small small company person. I just didn't like being you know a, a small fish in a big pool. Yeah, um, you know I'm not an expert in any of those things, so I'm you know I, I'm not a judge. You know once once the judging is finished, um, I I look at the I review the the judges' scores. I review all the judges' comments to make sure that the scores are aligned with the comments, and let let the data tell me who the winners are. You know I, I you know I don't pick the winners. I vet them. Yeah. But I don't even read the entries. I, you know I, I I can't tell you. I can't answer that question. Okay, good.
0: Fair. Uh, let's see. So, what does the future look like for the Stevies?
1: Well, we're starting a ninth Stevie Awards program uh, next year. The Stevie Awards for Technology Excellence, which I'm very excited about. It's something I've wanted to start for a while now. We would have started a couple of years ago. If it hadn't been for the pandemic. Um, but just as we have the, the Stevie Awards for Sales and Customer Service, which has many fine-grained categories to recognize achievement in those disciplines, and we have the Stevie Awards for Great Employers, which we started seven years ago to recognize, uh, achievement in many fine grain categories for human resources. The Stevie Awards for technology excellence. will have lots of different categories to recognize achievement in technology of all types, mostly information technology, but not necessarily that. Um, and that will do uh, open for entries next March, and that will be our ninth program. And I'm very excited about that. We, we, you know, when we've talked to people about that. They, they can't wait to either be an entrant or a judge, um, and uh, so that, that's where we're going uh, with the last program we started before the pandemic was our Middle East and North Africa Stevie Awards, which mm. is uh, for several years was sponsored by the Ross al chamber of commerce and industry in the UAE. And we've staged a very nice award ceremony there and had winners from you know, across uh, 18 nations in the Middle East and North Africa. And uh, so we do, we do Stevie awards programs all over the, all over the world next Now we next year we'll have events in uh, Berlin, Las Vegas, New York, Manila, the Philippines. Um, I, don't, I don't know where we'll do our European program in, in October, but perhaps in Paris. We haven't been there in 10 years. Uh, so we get nominations, more than 12,000 nominations from more than 70 countries. We're fully global. Wow.
0: Is there a difference in the judging process, uh, say, when, they, when you're doing things in different countries? Because different cultures might value different things in a workplace.
1: Um, well, that, that's a very valid point. You know, one of the reasons we get very few entries from Spanish-speaking nations in South America, for example, is that in those cultures, um, tooting your horn in the workplace is frowned upon. So yeah. they don't en- they don't enter awards programs. You know, there are other cultures, other countries, where we get tremendous number of entries. It's not frowned upon. Yeah. You know, and, and you can make that distinction even down to a corporate level. Many many you know, company cultures promote and reward. Um, you know, self-affirmation and seeking a claim for one's achievements and other companies are like, we don't do that. You know, unless we're the entire company is recognized, uh, we don't accept awards and we don't pursue awards. We don't enter okay. awards programs. You know, if someone wants to give us an award, fine, but we're not going to pursue it. Every company is different. You know, countries are different. Um, in terms of judging, no, we, we, have a uniform program, uh, around the world, uh, in our German Stevie awards. We accept nominations in both German and, uh, and English and, um, uh, in our Asia-Pacific Stevie Awards, we used to accept uh, entries in eight languages, including English, and that became too unwieldy. Um, and we did away with it two years ago because we were finding fewer and fewer entries were not were not submitted in English. Yet, you know, if we got 10 entries in the Vietnamese language, we had to go to all this work to put together a judging panel that could read Vietnamese. And we just mm-hmm. said, it's not worth the effort. Um, you know, generally organizations that are going to find out about us and want to participate, it's because they've seen something in English. So, you know, even on that program now, we only accept entries in English. But no, the, the, the process is, is, is identical across all of our programs. Right.
0: So how do people who would like to nominate somebody or nominate their company or themselves get involved with the Stevie Awards?
1: Well, the way to start is to come to StevieAwards.com And at that homepage, you can learn more about all of eight of our programs, each of which has its own website. And you can go to the website of the program you're interested to do. And generally on the homepage, there's a short form. You can fill out with your name and email address to request the entry kit, and it'll be emailed to you. Uh, if the program is currently open for entries, it'll be emailed right away. Otherwise, you'll get added to a list. And when the program opens, it will be emailed the entry kit. And it lists all the categories and the entry requirements for those categories, the entry deadlines, list of past winners, uh, how the judging process works. It's all in one you know, multi-page PDF document. And we accept entries on the website. So the, the kid explains how to create an entry account, uh, how to prepare nominations, how to uh, add them online. And then once you create all of them, you can sort of check out like you can on a online shopping cart and, uh, you pay your entry fees if, um, uh, if they're due by uh, credit card or check or bank transfer, uh, most of our categories require payment of an entry fee. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but many of them don't. For example, I mentioned earlier support staffer of the year, um, that category does not have an entry fee. Uh, all, all categories that recognize uh, individuals below an executive level don't have an entry fee because we wanted to encourage companies to nominate those people. And we found in the first couple of years of the Stevie Awards that companies would not pay entry fees for non-executive employees. So we wanted to encourage, oh. yeah, enable them
0: to do that. Oh, wow. Okay. And how do people uh, follow you, Michael?
1: Well, I, I you know, I'm at a certain age where I don't, you know, promote myself on, on social media. I, you know, the, the, I, I'm most active on uh, on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, you know, so if you search on Michael Gallagher, Stevie Ward, you'll find me. Um, you know, I, I do have a Twitter presence, but uh, or an X presence, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't really use it that much, but, but Facebook and, and LinkedIn is where really- all
0: right. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us on PR 360 today and for all your work honoring people, uh, many unsung heroes across the uh, world of work. Um, thank, so thank you very much.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. PR
0: 360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at ToddAperry. That's Todd with 1D. Talk to you next week.